Welcome everybody to Marketing Management and Money. This is going to be another business interview. We are excited to have Caitlin Bachman and Beth Chardine. They are going to be joining us with Square Peg Ranch. So I should state on this one, I actually have a, a strong partiality to this business because, uh, well, uh, Caitlin and I go way back to actually when she was born. Uh, and so, yeah, I've uh, I've known Caitlin her entire life. Uh, Beth, I was introduced to, uh, what, about a year ago uh, when uh, we, we went out and uh, played in the desert, uh, had... Had some fun doing uh, doing a little bit of canyoneering as a as a side hobby, but uh, you guys, uh, I've had a chance to work with you on the business front, and I'm kind of excited. I appreciate you guys coming on the show today because it's not too often that I get to work with businesses or at least have them on the show uh, explaining the journey from the front end. Uh, you know, I get a lot of people that they, they like to tell you how they got to where they are successful. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, the road was long but here we are and we're already there. Uh, you guys are on the front end, and so we're going to kind of follow you guys a little bit through your journey as you go to launch uh, Square Peg Ranch. And so uh, I'd, like you to, uh, I'd like you to start off, give a little bit of an introduction of who you are, what Square Peg Ranch is. Um, also, uh, you guys are uh, kicking this one off with a crowdfund, uh, and so we'll, uh, we'll let anyone that's, that's interested in uh, you know, getting involved in the crowdfund um, you know, give the information on that. But I also want to hear what is it like setting up a, a crowdfund? I, you know, I get a lot of businesses that they're looking for startup funding options. Uh, they're going through that startup phase. It's a very difficult process. And so, uh, you know, let, let, let's kind of start there. So give a background of who you are, Square Peg Ranch, what the, what the concept is, and uh, your crowdfund and all sorts of fun things. Sounds good. So I'm Caitlin, and the idea for Square Peg Ranch started quite a few years ago, actually, um, with my part of Square Peg Ranch. I came up with the idea to start a school that focuses on teaching kids in the way that their brains learn, instead of the public school system where everybody is taught the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Over the years, this has grown into... Um, just more ideas, and we're just kind of culminating all of them together. So Square Peg Ranch is a nonprofit business that has four areas of focus. Um, The first one being abuse refugees. Um, Abuse refugees are people who have been in very abusive situations who have been in survival mode for so long they don't know how to function in real life. And so... Um, that portion of it focuses on teaching them how to live a healthy, normal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next portion um, is my portion, and that focuses on teaching kids in the way that their brains learn, like I said. So a very individualized education approach um, and letting the kids kind of lead their own education in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is to... Just focus on mental health. Um, We have all been in situations where we just haven't known what to do or what is going on um, with our, what's going on in our brains, what's going on in our lives, how do we deal with it. And so 
that is one of the focuses as well, which actually leads into Beth's portion, which is homesteading and working with animals. And I'll let her kind of introduce that part. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Beth Chardine. Um, Like Caitlin said, I'll be handling the horse therapy and the homesteading. Um, With the homesteading, we have been very specific on the breeds of animals we will be using. For example, the pigs. We are choosing pigs that are very social. Whoa, 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 uh, so- whoa. You're, you're putting pigs into... I mean, like, I've heard of horse therapy and dog <laughs> therapy, but, but, like, I've got a therapy pig now? Is that... I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but honestly, I'm, I'm having a hard time picturing a therapy pig going on. It's not necessarily that the pigs are the therapy, but it's about people being with animals and different types of animals. Okay, okay. And so with the homesteading, we're specifically picking breeds that are social but can also serve different areas with the homesteading. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I appreciate the clarification there. Because <laughs> yes. some of us are not as familiar. In fact, that that's going to be one of the first questions that I have is many people, when you say homesteading, like I've either watched reality TV show or I read Little House on the Prairie. Like that's all the more I know about <laughs> homesteading. And so can you talk a second about what does it mean to homestead? Like, do I need to, you know, spin my wool and then I don't even know if you spin wool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not major hardcore homesteading. What we're doing is we're bringing people back to the basics. When Caitlin spoke about teaching people how to get back into society after dealing with certain traumas, this is a part of it. They need to learn how to take care of themselves. Mm. So they're going to learn how to grow things on the land. They're going to learn how to take care of animals, how to milk cows. So if they want to be a lot more self-reliant, they can. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't, then they still have those skills and they can apply those skills into a more regular lifestyle. It's just kind of focusing on being self-sufficient and being able to live your own life. Gotcha. I wanted to add a little bit of my background to go off of uh, the horse therapy. So my husband and I were in Tennessee for five years. He did five tours of deployment. Wow. While living there, we I was told by so many wives, your husband will not come home the same person. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I mean, we all know the statistics, 22 veterans kill themselves a day. Yeah. And so one big part of this for me is I see the veterans. I've seen them when they come back from deployment. I've met the veterans whose job was to go in and get the dead bodies on the front lines and bring them back. Mm. This is what our veterans are going through. So a vet- veterans are a big part of the therapy process because they're cleared by the therapists in the military, but they aren't healthy. They don't know how to get back into civilian life. And this is a huge part of what we'll be doing. He's working with the vets. Yeah. That's awesome. That really is awesome because it's true. You know, they get cleared, but 
when they get cleared, that's more kind of just like saying, okay, eh, there's no immediate problems that we're going to deal with. <laughs> yes. So that's, you know, so, okay. That, 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 that's excellent. And, uh, you know, I, I think what you guys are doing is going to appeal to a lot of people just because everyone knows someone who, you know, suffers with abuse, who is, you know, a veteran who feels like they're not getting the support that they need. Uh, you know, people who are dealing with anxiety, depression, who, you know, are just having a hard time. It's very interesting that uh, as society advances, we have a harder time fitting into, uh, you know, the society that we're creating. And so I think I think it's great what you guys are doing. I think a lot of the listeners will also agree that, you know, what you guys are doing is, is awesome and noble. So thank you. And so now I actually reached out to you guys and asked if you guys would be on the show because um, you're in a very – you, well, it's not a unique situation, but it's in a perfect situation. Uh, I get a lot of people that ask me, what does it take to start a business? And, you know, every business is unique, just like every person is unique. And there's not one right way to start a business. If there were, then we would just say, hey, do A, B, and C, and magically you'll have a business. And so I asked you guys to come on the show because I wanted to give my listeners an opportunity to kind of hear what you're going through, what your process is like on, you know, the startup journey. And, and I want to start with... Um, I want to start with this crowdfunding thing that you guys are doing. So first off, if anyone is listening and you'd like to get involved, uh, we would, you know, like any any crowdfund. You guys are trying to raise, I believe it's a half million that you're trying to raise for, uh, you know, to, to. Now, you're already doing therapies and education and different things. Mm -hmm. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the facility launched so that you can take this at a, at, at a broader scale, correct? Yes, that is correct. So the majority of this money would go to us purchasing land um, and then building on that land so that we can have exactly the facility that we feel we need to bring out this purpose. Okay. And so if someone, you know, if they're interested in supporting this cause, maybe they, you know, overcame abuse or they know someone who is in abuse uh, and they they want to support this cause, uh, where would they go? How, how would they be able to support the cause that you guys are doing? Yeah. So our crowdfund is through the online platform of Indiegogo, um, which is just a crowdfunding platform. And we have a crowdfund on there. You just donate. Uh, we also have a couple of perks on there. Um, so if you donate $50, you are able to get a picture of one of our therapy horses um, that has been professionally taken and edited. Um, and so you can have that. And then for $1,000, uh, if you would like, you can come and do a trail ride with us and our horses. So there are a couple of perks that go with it as well, um, but anything helps. So if you're not able to donate that, anything that you can give us will help us towards reaching our goal. Cool. No, that's great. I mean, this is an admirable goal, and so I think it's worth mentioning that people can get involved. But now let's let's talk about the process, okay? So you guys were already doing this, and you decided that you wanted to scale it up. What was going through your mind as you're thinking, oh, hey, let's scale this up. Let's go big. You know, I mean, I, I get a lot of entrepreneurs that it, it's a common pattern 
they'll start small and then they have to take that leap. What was your journey like in taking that leap? And I know that we're you're still in the middle of it, which is kind of the beauty of, of this episode is, uh, you know, letting listeners kind of hear uh, from all aspects of it. But what has been your journey in, in taking that leap, some of the decision-making process, some of the struggles, the stresses that you have, you know, what, what have you been thinking? Huh. I'm actually going to let Beth start out on this one because I, mine has been very gradual. Like I said, quite a few, or a few years ago is when I decided to do the school. So I've been planning on this school for years now, but Beth has been recently kind of roped into this. <laughs> so I'm going to let her answer the first part of this question at least. Well, um, my first idea of doing therapy with my horses was when I lived in Tennessee, I started giving horseback riding lessons and I had a woman approach me with uh, a autistic son of hers mm-hmm. and she wanted him to learn how to ride the horse by himself and she wanted him to learn on her horse that was mean. This was a mean, mean mare. <laughs> and so I just observed the boy with the horse for a minute and the bond that I saw between this boy And this horse that looked like she was going to kill every other person but him, it really got me thinking of the difference horses make in the lives of children that feel they are not understood. Mm -hmm. And so I I wanted to do therapy a long time ago, but as I got to know um, all these wonderful people, they really opened my eyes to see what what could really be done. Mm -hmm. And what's really neat is we have a wide variety of horses that have come from either starvation. We have horses that have come from where they are. They've only been a tool their entire life. They've never actually felt the love of a child or the love of someone in need. And we have horses with trauma from abuse and it's amazing because these horses will actually pick the person going off of how they feel. And these horses will tell me exactly what these people need. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So, Caitlin, you said that you've been wanting to get into education for years now. Uh, I know that you mm-hmm. and I have had conversations about some of, uh, you know, some of your thoughts in education. And I really want to kind of ask this question more from the angle of how do you feel that a business would make sense? Because one of the things that I'm always working with when I work with businesses is I tell them, look for the opportunity, look for the need. The bigger the problem, the better your solution, the better the business that you're going to have. And so Mm -hmm. how did you go about looking for the opportunity, looking for the problem to solve? You know, what was that like? Because there's so many people and this is, this is really where, uh, you know, I feel that a lot of businesses get off kilter is they start looking at what they're passionate about, which is great. I mean, you have to have a passion if you're going to stick with your business for any length of time. But they start ignoring that, you know, entrepreneurs are problem solvers. And they're like, well, you know, I'm passionate about this. And so therefore, I'm going to do a business about it. I'm like, no, no, no. It needs to go deeper than just your passion. Like what, what is the, you know, what is the solution that you bring to the table? So if you could kind of answer it through that lens, I'd, I'd love to hear your, you know, your, your experience to get up to this point. Yeah. So, um, when I was about 17, I 
for the very first time started working with a teenage boy. He was on the spectrum. He also had ADHD and just some other issues that he was going through. And I started working with him one-on-one. And I would just do simple things like help him get his chores done, help him get his homework done, do outings with him, all of this kind of stuff. And it really just opened my eyes to this whole population of people who feel stupid in the school system when they are actually not. Mm. Um, So there are just so many kids out there that go into school and they're told, you need to be learning this, you need to be learning this, get the good grades, get, like, do all of these things. And they're like, I don't know how, I can't, this isn't working for me. And then they're told that they are stupid because they can't do it that exact way Mm -hmm. and can't get those results. And this just got me thinking, well, there's got to be another way to do this. And... I just randomly came up with the idea one day, I can open a school. And um, <laughs> and I can teach kids in the way that their brains learn. I can meet with them. I can figure out how their brain works, how they personally learn, and then I can have them taught in that way. Um And it's really cool, too, because with the homesteading aspect coming in and the horse aspect and all of these kinds of things, these kids will also have those kinds of experiences. We're going to do things like um, have some of the older kids train pack goats. And then at the end of it, they'll get to go on a trip with these pack goats Mm -hmm. and they'll get to have like an hour a day where they get to go and do whatever they want. They get to learn whatever they want for that hour. Um, And so it's just all of these little things that the homesteading is bringing into it that I just saw this huge gap in our education system. And I'm like, this will fill it. This will give kids the success that they actually need and they they want to have and that they are fully capable of having awesome no that, that, that's perfect that, that's exactly what i was looking for when i was asking the question is kind of understanding that a little bit better so i'm going to jump to a question that i get asked a lot and i'm hoping that you guys can share some specifics on it and that is the idea of launching a business with a crowdfund so a lot of businesses, they say they want to do it. They're just like, oh, you know, we, sh- we should crowdfund this. And then they kind of just stop flat there. And so wh- was it challenging for you to get the crowdfund going? Uh, what were some things that in hindsight you're like, you know what? I wish that someone would have told me this ahead of time. Like what's, you know, what's, what's, what's some advice? And, and, and I realized that you guys... So you went ahead and you set up the crowdfund. The crowdfund is going live right now. And so obviously we're right in the middle of it. So maybe, you know, the hindsight 2020 uh, is, is is yet to come. But, you know, g- give some advice on uh, startups looking to crowdfund. Do you, do you like it? Do you not like it? What works? What doesn't? Yeah. So we actually, at first, we're looking at an in-person event to kind of launch off our funding Um, But the more we looked at it, the more like the the more we were like, well, we need money in order to set up this physical funding 
and we don't have money. That's why we're doing the funding. Uh-huh. So um, we then just decided to go online because that's basically free. And so then we spent months culminating pictures, videos um, of these things that we do. We took pictures with um, a veteran and one of our military horses, and we took pictures of um, these, some autistic kids that we work with at their horse therapy. And we took video of Beth working with, uh, with some people. And we took video of, of my mom with her horse and the situation that we are currently in. And so it's been month, it's been like a month of culminating all of these different things to put together into a promo video to kind of catch people's attention. Um, and I feel like that has really been so nice because it's an easy way to catch people's attention with it. Mm-hmm. And then when they watch the video, you know, it's only like three minutes long and then they can go and they can be like, well, this part of this interests me. So I'm just going to go and see and check out their story and all of this kind of stuff. And so the other thing that has also gone into it is um, I had to do, I'm like the one kind of on the technological side of the crowd crowdfunding. Uh-huh. So I had to look in, I had to look into what crowdfunding site I wanted to use because there are so many and each of them are geared towards different things. So a big piece of advice is do your research, which crowdfunding site is going to work best for what you want to do. And uh, I, when I found Indiegogo, that one just fit exactly what we needed and was just a great platform for us to use. Okay. Yeah. See, and I think that's one of the things that I hear from a lot of businesses that I work with is they're like, where do I even start? You know? And, and so, uh, can, can you elaborate a little bit when you say do your research? Um, like what kind of things specifically are you looking for or were you looking for in selecting the, uh, you know, the crowdfund fund platform for you? I, I, you did mention that each of them have kind of their strengths and weaknesses and there are different things that you're looking for. Like what, what are some examples of, of things that you might want to pay attention to when, when crowdfunding? Cause I, uh, businesses that I work with, they tend to look at, okay, you know, what are the costs? What are the percentages that they take? There's a lot more. I mean, this is this is a form of marketing, you know, and so you got to look at the marketing strategy behind this. So what are some of the factors that you think are noteworthy, uh, you know, when it comes to selecting the, uh, you know, the crowdform platform that you guys did, but just in general? Yeah. So um, I just started off by looking up crowdfunding sites. And um, like I said, each crowdfunding site has their own focus. So. Some of them focus more on technology. Um, some of them focus more on like humanitarian efforts type things. Some of them focus more on um, like causes, just all of these different things. And so based on what you are trying to crowdfund for, you def- you want to find the platform that focuses on that because that means that the people that are looking at these sites are going to be more they're going to be able to relate more to what you're posting. Mm -hmm. 
So we did take into consideration cost, but it wasn't the biggest factor. And I feel like uh, as you make that less of a factor, you're able to find a crowdfunding site that is better fit towards your needs. Mm. Um, One thing that I really liked with the platform that we chose was the fact that they have a lot of um, video video places for you to like post video content, pictures, all of this kind of stuff. Um, And where ours, you really have to see and experience what we do in order to understand it. That was nice to be able to bring people in a little bit and see a piece of what we've done. Yeah, no, excellent. I appreciate that. So another aspect of startup that is a big deal is building the team. And Beth, I'm going to pick on you a little bit here because (laughs) uh, like – when when you guys started coming together, and, and, and I'm going to give a little bit of a backstory here for the listeners, uh, you know, so I've known you guys at a personal level before you started getting involved in the business. And, you know, so I've had kind of an opportunity to look at it from both the personal side and also the business side. But it's been really interesting to watch how this team has started to formulate and and come together. Uh, there's There's been a little bit, you know, I mean, I picture like... Ocean's Eleven type movies where they're like, okay, we need, you know, we need to get this guy and this guy and, and, you know, and you're starting to kind of like build this, uh, you know, build this team out. What has that process been? What are some of the frustrations, some of the successes, uh, you know, because a lot of people, they feel like they're stuck and they're going at, at it on their own. And I think for a minute, you guys were in that situation where everyone kind of had their own vision, their own direction. And then as you guys started organically coming together, it, it was an interesting process. So can, can you speak to that? Yes. Um, <laughs> you're, 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 you're like, uh, are the team members going to listen? Because <laughs> you, you told me to say the good and the bad. <laughs> you know, I think one thing that I found that made a huge difference was we make sure that we meet once a week and everybody brings their ideas and everyone talks about them. And we decide as a team, this is a good idea. This probably isn't going to work. So did you start meeting as a team before you decided to launch the business? Like, did you meet and then as a result decided to launch a business or did you decide to launch a business and then started meeting as a team? Well, we talked about starting the business and then we just kind of got bits and pieces together and then we start realizing more people that would benefit our team and then we start having meetings once a week. Okay. I, I asked that because a lot of businesses don't understand the subtleties of the process. And so I am, like I said, you guys, you guys are in the trenches right now. So I'm asking, I'm like, hey, for someone who's literally on the front lines, what's it like? You know, so I, I appreciate you shared a little bit of insight. I'll I'll stop cutting you off and let you answer my question. So let's kind of jump back to, uh, you know, as a team, what was that team building process like? You did mention that you guys meet once a week and you have that. How did you identify what team members you needed? And is the team complete? You know, I mean, those, those are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, that we're looking at. To be honest, the spectrum that we want to get to, I don't know that our team will ever be complete 
That's because you adopt horses and you're like, we'll take more. (laughs) We can take more. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Not just because of the horses, but because we know that there are individuals that can reach the heart of certain people that I can't, that Caitlin can't. Everyone brings something different to the table. So as our team being whole, no, I don't think it's whole. But we are ready to launch this. I mean, as as ready as any startup is ever going to be, and yes, know, and, and so so that's good. Okay, final question before we kind of wrap up uh, with this interview is: knowing what you know now, would you do it again? Like, is this? <laughs> Because I've seen you guys working at this, you know, I see the long hours, I see the stress, I see the risk, you know, and it's very typical of, you know, of a startup, but you guys all came from a situation where, you know, you could keep it at a small scale and you decided to go big. And so that's what I want to know is deciding to go big. Would you do it again? Knowing what you know now? Absolutely. I would. I would 100%. I think that while we are able to do some of what we want at a small scale, we just kept thinking of more and more ways that we could help people and that we could just fully create what we wanted, um, both with our personal lives and our professional lives. And I feel like this is going to be a fantastic culmination of everything that have done and hope to do. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You guys have been awesome. I appreciate you allowing me to kind of, uh, you know, like I said, so many people, we interview them after they've, uh, you know, after they've gotten back from vacation, they have the, you know, beautiful pictures to show, but you you know, you guys are in the quagmire trying to uh, figure this out. And I think that's important because so many businesses are at the stage that you are at today. And, uh, you know, it's not always a, uh, you know, just an easy, oh, yeah, let me tell you all the wonderful stories. You know, sometimes you're, you're in the trenches, you know, doing the work. So uh, if people are interested in connecting with you, if they're interested in supporting your cause, uh, again, what is, you know, what, what's the best way to contact you? Uh, what's the crowdfund? And we'll also put this information in the description of the podcast. But if you could just give it to our listeners right now for those who are just listening and not able to, you know, like if you're driving your car or something, I don't want you to, to crash to uh, get the information. So how do they contact you and how do they crowdfund? Awesome. So um, you can contact us personally at our email. It's support at squarepegranch.com. Um, and then you can also reach us through Instagram and Facebook. Both of those are Square Peg Ranch. And then our crowdfund is on in- Indiegogo and that one, Square Peg Ranch as well. So, Okay. Perfect. So you've been listening to an interview with Marketing Management and Money. This is Ryan Murray, your host. And if you have any questions or comments for me, you can reach me at ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. 